Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. And it just became second nature to me to call the dog and refer to the dog, as I do to this day, 60 years later, as the Puna. The Puna was a beagle. Was there any pushback from your parents being like, what is this nonsense about the Puna? They said, no, you just My parents were a little afraid of me. (laughs) My parents thought, this is a weird child. Let's just indulge the things that don't cause us any particular pain. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. All righty, so we got the Super Bowl, and we're going to talk to Will Bonnens for Luga about the Super Bowl. I don't have to waste a lot of time with that, except to tell you what I've said on radio and television for two weeks. It's very, very simple. I said I thought Philadelphia was the better team, more complete team. But if you give me two points and Patrick Mahomes, I'm going to take it every time. So I think I got that one right. So the rest of you, leave me alone. <laughs> Um, I need to talk about Rihanna briefly. My son explained Rihanna to me. I didn't really get it. Um, I don't really know Rihanna. I, D- don't I, bring me into this. No, you, no, you said I it don't was, really get no, it. The first thing I see this morning, the first thing you say is, I didn't get it. I didn't and get go, Rihanna. What didn't you get? 20 years of hits? I, I, I don't, I'm unfamiliar <clears throat> with her oeuvre. I am. Mm. <clears throat> I don't know anything about Umbrella, her. Umbrella, Song of the Summer? Come on. I don't Diamonds. know Diamonds. She's a billionaire. 1.3 billion. Yeah. God bless her, right? Yeah. You like her? I, I thought it was good. Okay. Yeah, I enjoy. I don't. I mean, I don't actively listen to her music, but like I watched that no. whole. So Chris, I was, how, I was how quickly, entertained. How quickly was your household asking the obvious question? Was she pregnant? Yes. Within ten seconds. And then, and then asking yourself, is it okay to ask the question? <laughs> I will tell you, I did not ask that question to the social media universe oh, for gosh. fear of being. <laughs> but I love people got people worked pregnant. around it by saying, she, "Please tell me that's not a baby bump," and that's another album that she's waiting she to is, drop. She is in fact pregnant, and I think. There was a screw up in the initial. Sh- I read this somewhere. There was a screw up in the initial shot that it was supposed to linger on her longer, so she could do the kind of like baby bump thing, so it would be like blatantly more more obvious. All, yes. All I thought about during her whole performance was, my God, is she going to fall? <laughs> I, I, it's terrifying. I didn't know she was pregnant. Now that I know she's pregnant, I, I would have been more did, terrified. She was taking breaks in between songs. It was fantastically staged. I, I just, did you see... I, there was 500 a, dancers? Yes. The Oompa Loompas. There was a point... The what? The Oompa Loompas. Loompas. What, what are Oompa from, Loompas? From Willy Wonka. Yeah, Willy Wonka. Oompa Loompa. Yeah, so good. There was a point where she was up on the... I was similarly terrified. terrified. Oh, yeah. And she, there was what a point doing? where she was up on it where it was clearly rocking. Like it had, yeah, it was, it was moving. What yes. Are, it was so, towards the end. I was like, I I was like what are we doing? I hope that's a drone that's adding that in rather than, you know, oh like gosh. RFK where the seats used to go we up want, in there. Yes. I just thought, what are you doing up there? <laughs> like I couldn't distinguish any song from any other song or any word from any other word. And I just looked and I went, I was praying she'd get down safely. And I certainly didn't know she was pregnant at the time, but that... This is a minor thing. I like to talk about commercials. Wilbon is going to say he hated every single commercial. <laughs> he hated them all. I didn't. I saw Tony Romo played the Bill Murray part. So they've been, yeah. they've been yes. teasing that one for a couple weeks yes. now. Yes. Tony Romo getting a lot of play. Tony yep. Romo, Will Ferrell was <clears throat> in an electric vehicle yep. ad. Right. Steve Martin and Ben Stiller for Zero Coke. I saw Zero Pepsi. I thought that was okay. There was something for. Uh, the Farmer's Dog, a dog commercial that I liked a lot. There was that woman who I love who's in all the Christopher Guest movies. And she put stuff on her face. And Jennifer then, oh, Coolidge. Then yeah. it began to stick to her face. <laughs> and I I loved the... I don't know what it was for, but I loved it. She she is in White Lotus, too. Which is, is, yeah, she's and she's become a big hit. thing on the award show. Yes. Yeah, just won Golden Globes, right? Yes. yes. Huge for Golden So whatever she was endorsing you, or not endorsing... What did you think of... I, I, I'm, I hated the big pizza thing. It's Pizza Hut stinks to begin with. Why do you make it bigger? <laughs> what did you think of the ad with the dog who is sad that the owners leave? That's the that's the farmer's you dog like, ad. You like that one. I was upset with the owners, but I thought it was a very effective the turn ad. When they when they Amazon the crate and you start to go, you can't give that dog up. That's your family dog. Yeah, and then I, it's and another dog. It's a puppy. I just really, yeah, I like that one. There was an early one where people played Adam and Eve, mm. and I saw that was lo- the avocado ad. I liked that. Yeah, one. I did too. But most of the ads for me, I didn't like, and only because they seemed to be hawking movies. Yeah. So I didn't. I don't care about that. It's yeah. meaningless to me. Yeah. I was looking for something creative. Maybe I missed. In the past years, the Anheuser Busch ads 
with either the Dalmatians or oh, the Clydesdales. The yeah. yeah, I didn't see any of those. I may have missed that. They had a, they had a very cute Miles Teller Bud Light commercial late in the game. Okay, uh, when, when oh, dancing the, with his right, and I felt like it was just a, a, a window into millennial life. Was that the one with the mom? Who was it? Bradley Cooper and his mom? Yeah, that was yeah. What good. was that? It just oh, kept going on. What exactly? A, pay, a payday for Bradley Cooper's mom. Yes. I just didn't. I didn't. I didn't acti- get it. I actively didn't like that. No. Did you? Because s- I wondered at first if that was Ellen Barkin and she'd gotten to be eighty years see, old. Did you see what opened the game? Benifer. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. That, I, I, like, up glazed. I only yes. like that because it reminded me of, of Casey co- Affleck yeah, the doing the Dunkin' Donuts bit. So th- this is the. Well, that was the ad for the Matt Damon movie. Air. Was, right. There was that. That was, and that's about Phil Knight. Yes. Starting of Nike. Yes. Wow. I know. Matt I'm Damon plays Phil Knight. Kind of excited to see that. Um, that's a, and, and Ben Affleck directed it and he's in it. Yep. You know, when I, I first saw the the commercial for that, I thought it was a satire about sort of like oh, yeah. about like spy like a thrillers, Kimmel, like a Kimmel Jason, sit, yeah. to skit. Yeah, as too. soon as you put my son in those shoes, so that was. Um, did, did you see the one? I love the TurboTax commercials. Oh yeah, I love it. So that you're allowed to go out and do whatever the guy you dancing do and... by the fountains. <laughs> yes. yeah, I like that An old too. Guy. Yeah, yes. I like that. Too. Yes, so you could do whatever you want. I yep. really, yes. <clears throat> I enjoyed that enormously. Did you see the? Were you up for the Breaking Bad one? No. With it, instead of making crystal meth, they're making Doritos. Oh, okay. And it's, it's Walter White. It's, and it um, worked? It, it, I thought that was Did my favorite one. Did you see the night. one where Jack Harlow? Well, I don't I know. I hated you know. the Baby E trade ad. I hated that ad. Yeah. It's, Just hated are it. Are those the. Is that the one with the toddlers talking? Yes, and it at, was at a the, wedding. It, but it was that's that, not my stroller. That was <laughs> the, that was the kids. Those were the babies from like a couple years ago. Yes, exactly. Okay, all right. Okay, just yeah. hated that. Yes. Doing the wedding circuit. Yeah, I didn't get I that. Hate. Yeah, there are other things I hated. Oh, I hated the Serena ad for Remy Martin. I just oh, yeah. hated it. I just hated it. That's so, one of those you're trying Serena's to figure out what it's for halfway ad. through. Serena She's was in, in the, conflicting yes. alcohol ads. She was in the Caddyshack remake. Yes. Ad. Uh, that was better. I like that. But the Remy Martin ad I thought was awful. Anyway. There was an interesting ad for Crown Royal towards the end that Dave Grohl was talking about all the great things that I'm Canada sick brings. Of him. We, it, I, I'm not pitching him. But he's as he talked fighters. about, he never shuts up. No, he, he's, he likes he's to talk. supposedly lovely. He's from here. Yes, yes. from Arlington. But he just yes. never. I know. He's like he's... Aaron Rodgers of rock and roll. <laughs> but it, he's a really all... great performer, yes. just like Aaron Rodgers. I'll have to look it up. But listing all the things that Canada has like invented or provided, and it was an astonishing list of things. You're like, is he from Canada? I thought he's from Arlington. Yeah. Why is he doing a Canada bit? Because it was Crown Royal. So he's and like Canadian. Is, I guess Crown Royal is Canadian. Oh, yeah. I so, didn't know that. Well, that was sort of a lovely. Well. There weren't. I, I would say there all, were less all, really good ones than yeah. than past. They were well, you trying to play. On, they were trying to play a nostalgia, and you're you're trying to. Mm. I think they're too afraid to do comedy right now for these commercials, and you just look at real comedy, uh, which actually makes you laugh, which doesn't isn't allowed. It's, it's, it's the <laughs> Marvel allowed. universe. You're stuck trying to you know play a nostalgia, play on things that uh, we get, like Zoolander from now twenty years yep. ago. Yeah, uh, and you're looking at it. You either go the funny route, the sentimental route, or you're trying to do something that goes beyond the bounds of the Super Bowl. So it's the commercials that lead in, will Gronk make the field goal? Or even Rihanna, where you look at Did the... Did he make uh, the field goal? You look at when he she missed. takes the makeup break. That's her company. That's so cool. Well, did so you God see bless the, Did you see the Travolta ad? No. Oh, he yes. did it. Towards the end. No. It, it I'm for, tired of those like two guys. It's the two guys from that show Scrubs. about... Scrubs. Scrubs. Yes, from Scrubs. And they're, and Travol- they're doing a Grease song. And I didn't recognize Travolta. Neither did I. The shape. I head. thought it was like we have I, no he, hair lo- he looks like Joe Rogan. Yeah, he has no hair anymore. And Travolta. but anyway, he was doing like they did that bit, which so, is to Michael's nostalgia point. Let me. They're just playing up the. Uh, it's not nostalgia uh, uh, for me. Well, that would be. Well, that, yeah, that, actually, would, that would, would be, be Greece. Let me get to something here. Every day we shoot something down. <laughs> yeah. What What are yeah. we doing? It's what are we four, shooting? Four down? things I in the last eight days. I understood the big one, the balloon. I understood that. Now we're taking out anything that's up, like a kid's kite you could take out. What are we doing now? You're in well, politics. Well, I think, I think it's like um, I think it's like a lot of things. You're, we're overcorrecting. So I think the Biden administration took a significant amount of criticism for the balloon making its way across. But I thought, I thought they had that under control well, the whole y- way. Yes, but many people believe they should have shot it over shot it down over the Aleutian Islands in Alaska because oh. that's when they realized that it okay. like don't let it go across the continent okay. of the United States. Well just jam the signals. So now or well, intercept they, the signals. they may well have done that. We're, we're I mean, not stupid, we're right, smart. Right. Not dumb. Not dumb. <laughs> not dumb. Smart. Uh, 
Smart. <laughs> so I think now we're just shooting down anything. It's right. either that or this is the beginning of contact. This is the beginning of the alien. Oh. You know. Well, lot of lot of extra a, lot of unidentified flying objects. Then why out would there. we shoot them down? I mean, if they it's were true. aliens, totally agree. This and, is the leading edge. So, so, but yes, I think we're just overcorrecting for the fact that, like, this one balloon took four days and they they got a lot of negative press for right. it, and so, so now it's like if there's anything anywhere, we're shooting it down. I'm not a right wing guy. People listen to this show; they know I'm not a right wing guy. No, right. There was one right-wing conspiracy theory that I thought was right on the money. Turned out to be right. That how the virus was developed in China, right? right. That turned out to be right. That's a man. We think it's now a man-made virus, I, the coronavirus. There is a huge amount of debate. But the, I didn't think it was a crazy thing to say. No, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's crazy. They still have not traced it, but it's not okay. insane because there is a biological plant so, in Wuhan, and I mean right. it's so not that insane. was something. That I thought, okay, this makes a little bit of sense. But I'm not a right-wing fella. And I'm not going to be right-wing on this. I'm not left-wing anymore either. Left is way out. Mm. Way to the left of me. You're about to share an Elon Musk diagram. Be careful, Dad. Yes, exactly. Is this an Elon Musk praise segment? No, this is this. I think that Joe that Biden... That Tesla commercial, the anti-Tesla commercial, yes. terrifying. I would never buy a Tesla. Did you see the anti-Tesla commercial? They, they were oh. putting phantom oh strollers through the street. That was astonishing. It was just out. like a kid, Killing and it would Elon just be Musk. like a Tesla driving through the kid. Oh, right. no, I did see that. And then a quarter later, they show, the, they show Elon sitting in the... In He's a, in the box with, with, Rupert, with yeah. Rupert Murdoch, too. Yeah, Enjoying just, some hot dogs. What are we doing? All right, so let me get to this. I think Joe Biden needs to go on television mm -hmm. at nine o'clock at night and explain this stuff. Mm. Honestly, it's honestly, you're the president of the United States. No one is criticizing taking down the balloon. You took down the balloon. You didn't want it to land on people. Everybody gets that. Right. Yeah. You've shot three things down in three days and you've said, we need to do this. You need, am I crazy? You need to go on television. You're not answering questions. You can answer a couple of questions. You need to talk about this. The thing that This I, is crazy. The, the thing if that the I, Super Bowl was on a different network, would they have inserted a 30-second PSA on that? Well, normally he would. Just he remember, he was, on he, was, he was supposed to go on. But it wasn't and really Fox. It, it was, was Fox Soul. Else. It was Fox Soul. It wasn't real Fox. He didn't want to go on with Fox. Right. And he would have been asked about that. I mean, my thing is, the thing that I would like clarity on is, are we... Are these things regularly up there and we leave them and, and we've and just now just we've changed now? our policy that now we're shooting them yes. down? Or is this a new bevy of them that have never been up there before? Just, because it seems to me it's probably the former. It's probably that there are things right. up there regularly and we just leave and them. And now we're getting trigger and happy? And now we're... Right. So that would be my again, guess. Again, I would say this, although I think if Trump were president, he would have talked about this because he would have been very proud of it. That's my guess. I think if Obama were president, he'd have gone on the air and say, this is what we got, and this is why we're doing this. And I think Biden should do that. Because I'd like, you know, I think people would like, what well, is it's, this? It's getting to the point where, again, it's four and eight days. I mean, yeah. it's getting to the point where you kind of need, again, is it a policy change? Is it is it that there's suddenly much more frequency of these things Who's sending them up? Right. We should That's know right. who's sending them up. Right. Right. It's not England. I wouldn't help. think it's England. Dirigibles. You know. <laughs> yes. I don't know. No, I mean, some explanation would be nice. If you ask me who's sending it up, I've narrowed it down to two. It's Russia and China. I was going to say, yeah. good guesses. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. And every single person in the United States would narrow it down to two. Mm -hmm. Russia or China. Yeah. Right? Nobody's going to bring in Venezuela on this one. Probably not. I don't think so. No. No. Hmm? You'll, no. Hmm? Luxembourg does love balloons. The UAE? I don't think so. <laughs> right. I don't it think is, so. The the I'm just increased frequency suggests that something has changed. So it would be nice to know what it is. Is it our stance toward it or the fact that there are more of these things? And if there are more of these things, that's way more concerning. And, and it's not, I mean, these are F-22 jets shooting things down. I mean, that's not sort of a small act. That's a No, and by the way, are, are they shooting them down? Are they... Is it a walk-off? Is it one for one? Or are they shooting two or three missiles at it? Or is it just each one? Are they that? Are we that good? I think it's that just we can one. Take well, them with the balloon, one. it was one. Well, yeah. the balloon wasn't going fast. The balloon was also as big as three buses. Yeah, so. I don't know what this, this other stuff is. Right. Is it going fast? I don't know anything about it. But again, 
I think the president of the United States, and I know they don't listen to this, but <laughs> I would feel comforted yes, knowing right. what we're doing. And I don't usually Right, you're feel not that usually way. in the need of that information. Right. So let's take a break. Um, let's bring in Will Bond. He's just going to hate everything. I'm Tony Kornheiser. <laughs> Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is sent to us by Bob McWilliams of Kansas Public Radio in Lawrence, Kansas, home of the University of Kansas. He writes, love the interview with Michael Granberry, and now I know why we both know so many of the same musicians. He mentioned Uncle Calvin's in Dallas. When I was starting a music series that ran for 25 years, Uncle Calvin's was one of my models. Plus, I've been doing folk Americana radio at Kansas Public Radio for 30 years and jazz for 40 years. Can I be the show's official public radio DJ with a Harvard Law degree? There may be no other candidates. Yes. Yes to both. I agree with that. You can be, and there aren't any. These are songs, or this is a song by the Foreign Landers, a duo of mandolin player and singer David Benedict from South Carolina and banjo player and lead singer Tabitha Agnew, now Tabitha Agnew Benedict, from Northern Ireland. Isn't that something? This is beautiful music. Isn't it? And this is called Traveler, and it plays in Michael Wilbon. And we're going to talk about the Super Bowl, and we're going to talk about how Wilbon has to revise his dynasty of one. But before that, something much more important in Wilbon's life happened yesterday, and I was privy to it because we were on the phone for the last five minutes of the game. Um, Northwestern took down number one Purdue. What is, tell me about, tell me your thoughts about that because you were terrified it wouldn't happen. Tony, the biggest win in the history of Northwestern basketball came when I was a student. And I guess we've been playing basketball for close to 100 years, more than that. And while we've never been any good, one tournament appearance in 2017 under Chris Collins. That's the only time, one uh-huh. time. In 1979, when I was a student, we beat the eventual champion, Michigan State. Oh, with Magic Johnson. With Ma- That's when I met Magic Johnson. Right. We go back that far now. We're, we're heading toward, you know, 45 years. That we, we beat Michigan State. And, and Magic remembers, when I first met Magic, when he was a Laker, uh, early in his career, I, he said, you know, it sticks in my craw that, that I lost to you guys. But he also said that, that, that he doesn't think Michigan State would have won the championship that year had they not lost to us along the way and then got going. I don't know if they lost another game that year. So that's it, Tom. It's one game. They were not ranked number one. Michigan State, Magic Johnson, Judd Heathcote, Greg Kelser, uh, Jay Vincent, um, you know, I said Greg Kelser. So that, that's, that's the one win we got. Right. We've never beaten a, a, a number one team, number one ranked team in the history of the school. So to play Purdue, a team that, as you know, I liked for I know. the last couple of weeks. I know. We talked about it on the show. To beat them was just staggering. I, I, I kind of, I was, we're, there are people who have us, people who are bracket heads. They have Northwestern in the tournament as long as we win like another game or two. I think you have to be in. You took down well, the number one team. Yesterday. This gives you the benefit of the doubt in any matchup with, with anybody. Honestly, you took down a number one team. Yeah. Well, Tony, here's the other thing. Indiana, which is like the hottest team in the country, Indiana, I think, has won like nine straight games. The last game Indiana lost was to Northwestern it's, in Bloomington. You're in. No, you're so, you're, you're going to be in. I, well, yesterday you, was you're going to you know, be in. I mean, yesterday, Jim Nance and Grant Hill have told me that the most, that the loudest, craziest thing they've ever covered in college was a game between Northwestern and Purdue in Evanston about five years ago. And you say to them, come on, stop it. 
Grant, you played at Durham. Grant said to me last week, is it, is, can you guys do that again? That's the most raucous thing I've ever been in. Really? Yeah. This is last week, talking with Grant about this. So here they are. The students, is, look, it's not Krzyzewskiville, okay? It's not. It's not going to be that. But we can't even get all the students in who want to go in now. The team has been like 17-7 and seven going into yesterday. Beat Indiana. Beat Illinois. One at Michigan State. Games, we don't, we don't have that resume. We don't have that history. And they packed it, and we were down eight, as you know. Because I know at one point you said, ah, they're pulling away. I, don't I know. did, and then I went back to the golf. I was going back and forth yeah. with the golf and Northwestern. And then there were like two or three possessions. I don't know that they were straight possessions, but the big kid got the ball taken from him. That's right. He held the ball badly, and they Six took turnovers. it from him. He swarmed him. Yeah. Northwestern got back in on defense because God knows – they only have two guys who will shoot because three guys are afraid to shoot out there, right? <laughs> well, if not afraid, certainly not accomplished at it. But yeah, Tony, I think the big kid had, uh, Edie had six turnovers, I think. Yeah. He... The defense was great against a seven foot four kid, and we don't have anybody who's like half his size. And I called Chris Collins last night. I didn't want to text, I called him. And Cheryl says, what are you doing? It's like midnight. I'm like, I don't no, care. It's the greatest day he, of his coaching life. He can't be asleep. It's not. And I don't care. I'm <laughs> going to wake him. <laughs> and I call him, and the phone rings one time, and he picks up, and he goes, I've been waiting to hear from you. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is the greatest day of our lives. No, I, I, I get day. that. This is, the, this is one of the great, and he was in tears because, you know, it's a tough Thing. We haven't made the tournament since make it in 2017, and we, we should make it. It's a big deal. I think you'll make it this year just because so, of this. I really do. Yeah. And what? And then you and then you go into a Super Bowl, which was really a good game. That was really a good Super Bowl. It's a great game. Yeah, it's a great game. I was distracted. I, I, I teasingly tweeted or said to somebody or posted or something. I didn't care about the game. I didn't care about the Super Bowl. And it really took the sales out of it for me. I mean, I, you know, I mean, this is something Northwestern sports that nobody cares about except us. Right. And I've been in, I'm, I'm constantly texting with my own brother who was here in Arizona with me. And Larry Irving and Kevin Blackstone. Yeah, that's your, and, it's and Rachel, your mafia. Nichols, sure. And Peter, our mafia, Don Day sure. who's here in Arizona. And we're nuts. We're nuts. And I just said, I don't have enough energy left for the Super Bowl. And of course, I, I, I got there because it was a great game. So uh, my sense of the Super Bowl was that, that Philadelphia should have been up 21-7 or 24-7 at the half. The Jalen Hurts thing, that was a very, very weird fumble. Then there was another fumble that was justifiably canceled. Overruled. Yeah. yeah. But, that, but, but Kansas City was lucky to be that close. But when Kansas City got the opening kickoff in the second half and went down the field... And Mahomes was like laying down 20 minutes, well, 40 minutes, because that halftime show is a long time. But he, it looked like he was done, done. And he had the greatest second half for an yeah. injured guy of all time. I mean, he, guys like me have said for a while, he's the best football player on the planet. And now everybody saw it, right, Mike? I mean, he's yes, the best. Yes, yes, yes. There's he's no the best. That. And Tony, one thing I said, so when he is in excruciating pain and howling yes. on the bench, and Don looks at me and says, they're done. This game's over. I go, no, it's not. Just, let's just hold on. And Tony, about 90 seconds later, maybe it wasn't 90 seconds, maybe it was three minutes, Mahomes is standing on the sideline that's right. cheering. And I go, okay, that's it. He wasn't even being attended to as he stood. Well, if he was that hurt, they wouldn't have let him stand. <laughs> I, think that, I think it was Jimmy Johnson at halftime. I think it was Jimmy Johnson. It might have been Michael Strahan, but I thought it was Jimmy Johnson. Said he will take some pain remedy uh, at halftime. They, well, he said that, which means that he knows as a coach that Andy Reid's going to take the needle in his own hand <laughs> and stick it in, in Mahomes' leg. Because this is, yeah, I'm sorry, this is the Super Bowl. I mean, so it'll be interesting to find that out because, so this week here in Arizona, um, you know, I was with all the guys from our network who cover football, who played, not to mention my own friends and buddies who played. <laughs> and I have said to them, I've talked to Roy Green about this a lot, and Charles. And 
they have explained to me, there are times you can take a shot, and then there are times when it doesn't matter. Okay. You have to take that shot before. You can't, there's nothing you can do at a certain point, at least, look, I know those guys played 40 years ago, but, but they, they understand this whole culture. They understand the practicality of what you're trying to do, which is just be able to function. From what I'm, I've always understood, and, and more recently, last week, you, you can't take something at halftime. It's oh, you can't? In. Did you talk to your boy, your Jason, the doctor? You know, Tone, I didn't, and no. I should have. Yeah, because that, I mean, he would know. I should have asked. I, I will ask him before PTI today. So it wouldn't kick in, it wouldn't kick in then? No, 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 he would have had to have done, he could have taken okay. something before. But it, it's, it looked like, look, Mahomes was standing and bouncing. Yep. You know, when they showed him on the sideline, I'm like, he's fine. I don't mean fine, but you know what I mean. He's, he's, he's not, whatever happened, he's over it for the moment. This is his a... Great, his uh, greatness is undeniable. I think this is a big turn, it, not for Mahomes. It's a big turn for Andy Reid, a big turn in terms two. of legacy. To yes, yes, because if he loses this one and two rumdums in Philadelphia win it, you know, that he didn't, you know, I mean, come on, nobody knew who Doug Peterson or Nick Sirianni were. And if they both win Super Bowls and one of them beats him and he's one in three, <clears throat> I think it hurts. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, it hurts any time you don't win and you have the chance. Um, and I thought, you know, to, to get specific just for a moment about the game, I just thought the story of the game was the Philadelphia defense's inability to be great. Surprised me. They didn't, they, they didn't do jack. They just they, Surprised they, couldn't, me. they couldn't pressure him. So Friday night, I had people at my house, and one of those people, one of those people, wears a gold jacket for defense. And one of those people has what we call a Super Bowl MVP. His name is Richard Dent. Yeah, he's your boy. And, and I just said to Dent, okay, what's going to happen? And he said, look, Mahomes is great. He said, but he said what I think a lot of people thought on our air. And, 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 and he said, that, you know, Philadelphia's defense can get after you with four people. Right. They have to get after people him. People said that. This is what they can do. And Dent knows because he played on a team like that. The best defense ever. That's right. By the way, the Philadelphia Eagles of yesterday, they trail only one team ever in sacks in a season. The 85 Bears. That's right. So, I mean, I said this for, I said this a bunch, and you know I said this, and I thought Philadelphia was a better team. But that if you give me two points in Mahomes, I'm going to take that every single time. Yeah. And in the first half, I thought, ooh, that's a dumb bet. Because I thought Philadelphia in the first half was a clearly well, superior team. The ball, but that doesn't win a game. No, no. And there's they adjustments in halftime. The defense didn't do the thing that had – to me, it's pretty simple. That matchup, that defense, because of their ability to pressure the quarterback – You've got to get to Mahomes. You, and you don't have to sack him. They didn't hurry him. They didn't pressure him. They didn't bother him. Not much. You wouldn't, how the hell are you going to beat Kansas City? Now, there was one play where he had to escape things, and he threw a low pass to Kelsey. Yeah, because he, he couldn't. Because he still, we don't know that he could push off yeah. that foot but, I mean, in the way that he's accustomed that's to. That's a, and look, I'm, I'm the guy who said that Jalen Hurts was the MVP of the season, and I believe that Jalen Hurts was MVP of the season. And Jalen Hurts was great yesterday. He was great yesterday. The other he guy was well to win. The other guy's better. The other guy's the, other guy, the best. The other guy's better. The other guy's better. But the team didn't do his teammates didn't do their job. They didn't. They should have. I thought they should have won the game. But you know, Mahomes, it was good. Yeah. All right, I'll talk to you later. I'm not even going to ask you. Hated good. all the commercials. I don't want to go through it. Go Cats. All right. Goodbye, Michael Wilbon, boys and girls. We'll take a break. Barry's for Luga will join us. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, these are the foreign landers. Banjo, mandolin. Beautiful. Really is lovely. By the way, Bob McWilliams, who sent this in, wanted to uh, send you this follow-up email. Oh, my God. Episode 171 with Chuck and Roxy. Oh, my God. They're everywhere. Oh, my God. They are everywhere, Chuck and Roxy. Good for them. The Foreign Landers. It's a beautiful, beautiful song. It's called Garden. It's from their album Traveler. Michael, if people like 
the foreign landers want to send in their original music, how do they do so? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at com. I'm searching for this one. And by the way, yes. um, we do have emails that say to us, you played my songs and a lot of people went to hear the yep. rest of my songs. So good. That's good. Barry's Veluga joins us now to talk about the Super Bowl because Wilbon is obviously was enraptured with Northwestern beating Purdue. Um, overall, that's as good a Super Bowl as we've ever had, don't you think? Yeah, I think when you consider not only the way the game played out, but the characters involved and how they played. Um, and that's, you know, Mahomes, of course, overcoming the ankle, not probably putting up the stats that Patrick Mahomes is used to, but really being the central leading man and really the, the league's leading man at oh, this point. And it's particularly but in the also, second half when he's in physical jeopardy. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But I think, you know, if you're an Eagles fan, if, if you had any question about your quarterback going forward, and I don't know why you would, but this is, this was a, he's not, Jalen Hurts is now a star. Um, yes. He performed other than one play as well as you possibly could expect a quarterback to perform in a way that is different and dangerous. And, um, you know, you're talking about a quarterback that accounted for all four touchdowns, three of them on the ground, one of them on a complete bomb in which he had faith in a very, very talented receiver. um, Who somehow got between two guys and caught the ball. That was bad defense, right? That was bad defense. but so you're, the combination of, of characters, the Kelseys, Andy Reid solidifying yeah. his, his status, the way the game played out in you know, a 10-point um, uh, lead for the Eagles, an immediate comeback for, for the Chiefs, and then even get you know, when Hurts scores to make it 35-33, getting the, um, the, the two. two-point conversion there to, to force a tie, everything, kind of the whole package – there's, there's, you know, if there's a goat, is it hurts because he, he drops the ball in a way that really wasn't a, a forced fumble and that was, you know, bounced beautifully in Kansas City's favor. Um, you can't call first him a goat. half. You can't make it. You can't yeah. get it, so it just I think when you when you take the combination of star power, legacy defining stuff, overcoming injury, the other side playing, having their stars. Um, shine as well um it's hard to come up in in, obviously there's recency bias but this one's going to hold up over time i would think yeah i i I mean i disagree with some of the things that are written that it you know makes kansas city one of the great teams of all time it does not do that they've been in three super bowls they've now won two this one could have gone the other way very easily it it does not do that um great teams of all time you start with the number four you got to win four, three or four of these things. You can't just win two. You can't. And that, that other notion that Mahomes, great of all time, because he's won two by 27, if he ends up with two, it's not true. I mean, the, the magic number, it's like the magic number in golf majors, I guess, is four. And the magic number in, well, you, would, you, you can speak to that, Barry, but the magic number in Super Bowls is three. It's three. It's not two. It's three. What do you think? Well, I don't think you're wrong, um, but I also think pointing out that the number of absolutely, you know, lock Hall of Fame quarterbacks who have only one is is pretty significant. Aaron yep. Rodgers has one. Yep. Drew Brees has one. That's right. Peyton Manning, you know, has two. He doesn't have three. But that's he, right. He was car- he was carried to the second one with a different franchise. So that's a. a a strange set of his brother has more impressive Super Bowl wins he does he doesn't have a more impressive career no. but um he made the most of of the two that um that he got to so I think there's a middle ground there Tony where you can say it really seems that Patrick Mahomes is on his way to solidifying his status and last night was a very very significant step forward in that because he had been um befuddled by in, in, the, in his last Super Tampa Bowl Bay crushed uh, by Tampa Bay, and, and he did not look like... I mean, that was an instance where, where you said, okay, he, he did not rise to the moment. He did not right. lift his team. Um, and, and that kind of fades because now he has done it twice. And at 27, um, he's also done it with a roster that's not 
not insignificantly, insignificantly turned over in that, um, you know, Tyreek Hill isn't there. Um, he's using, I think, a lesser set of weapons. Kelsey is obviously unmatched, um, and that's a huge, huge – because even, even though he did not score – the last two Chiefs touchdowns. The last two Chiefs touchdowns came coverage. about because he was doubled, and right. the other the other two guys were were wide open. So, I think I think what we're I don't think those proclamations should be made on in February 2023. But the building blocks are really yes. really there. This yeah. is a guy at the height of his powers. There are no guarantees. Um, it doesn't mean you know two doesn't automatically mean three. But it's hard to say he's not set up to get himself back there. Um, and, and do this again. Well, I mean, I don't want to get too nerdy about this, but the AFC is much better than the NFC. For sure. And and the, the, he's got to go through Josh Allen and Joe Burrow for the next 10 years, and it's not going to be easy. I mean, it, it, there are no guarantees on that level. The, the NFC, it would be much easier to get to. But I think you're right about Hertz. I wonder about this, and I don't know if what I'm saying now is true. I know that he was replaced by Tua in a game that Alabama won. I don't think in his previous national championship game that he won. He may look at national championships and Super Bowls and say, it's, I don't have any luck in these things, as great as he was. Did he win one on his own at Alabama? I'm not certain he did. No, and you know, I was thinking a lot about the, the game in which he was benched for Tua. Oh, yeah. um, I happen to to cover that one. Um, and it was amazing because, so they were playing Georgia. Um, and I looked it up last night. He went three of eight for 27 yards in, in the first half. And, and it looked like not, not just that they were struggling on offense. It looked like he could not complete a throw of any significance. Now, Georgia had a billion first rounders on defense. There's a lot going on there. And, and Nick Saban made the, bold but correct choice to put Tua in 100% um, bold 100% yeah I mean I just remember being like the number of of coaches who would bench a player who had won a national championship and lost two games his entire career as a starter the number of coaches who would bench that player at halftime is probably one and it happened to be the coach at Alabama if that had happened this year that kid is on the in the transfer portal at the, two minutes into the sure. third quarter. No, but did For he sure. and, did and, he win one, Barry? Did he win one at Alabama? He, he won one, but not okay. but not but not because of Jalen Hurts. Like, okay. like it, it's one of those loaded Alabama teams. Um, uh, and, and not that he you know didn't didn't contribute, but but it didn't. The quarterback was not the leaning man. There. Okay. Um, in in that game, in the game that he was benched, Tua completed the winning score the big left-handed thing into the end zone it's great yeah freshman Devonte smith who now is this amazing weapon for jalen hurts on philly um, yeah. yeah just an amazing kind of twisting tangled set of set of circumstances it, there but I, I just I, I was so impressed again put the one play aside so impressed with hurts's kind of poise and control and just aptitude and um obviously ability um they, they've they've got something there and their roster i think you can still say even though they lost the game their roster one to 53 is probably the best in 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 football um just a lot of depth and a lot of uh a lot of star power and a lot of talent i'd probably argue that a little because i'm a big fan of san francisco and think that That's, san francisco yes. got hosed in a sense and that the kid you know he couldn't he couldn't play. I mean, but I thought Philadelphia was the better team uh, top to bottom yesterday. And you can't ask more of Hertz. Hertz accounted for four touchdowns and the two-point conversion. I mean, come on. The guy, the guy had a great year. All doubts about him are dispelled. Even Doug Peterson, who didn't want to play him, probably has to look back and say, you know, maybe I was wrong about this. But it was, that was a really good game, right? I mean, that was an enjoyable game to watch. Thousand percent, and and you know, I think we're kind of past the era of, you know, I, I, in the eighties and nineties, there were so many of these games that were just blowouts, and and you know, there have been some some duds. The the um, the 
Patriots-Rams Super Bowl wasn't particularly exciting. Last year's wasn't like a gangbusters thing. But you've had, you know, in the last decade, um, the Patriots come back uh, against Atlanta, the Falcons, and, and just, I'd say, more good games than, than bad ones. But this one is going to be, it's going to be tough, tough to top for all the reasons I, I listed before. I mean, maybe we're in a world five years from now where we're talking about um, how Jalen Hurts emerged from that, you know, great performance but disheartening loss in his first Super Bowl and, and use that to, to push forward to, yeah. you know, pick a number one or two, one or two more. There's also, I, I mean, I really do think your point about the AFC is not just nerdy or in the weeds, like crowning Patrick Mahomes as, you know, an all-time legend um, is premature because it's premature, but also premature because the path is going to be difficult. And that is awesome for the NFL when, I mean, we've talked about this during these playoffs when at least on the AFC side, um, the, if you're, if you're one of those teams, it's, it's daunting because you've got to go through some combination of bro, Allen, Mahomes, probably Lawrence, Herbert. Um, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, Herbert, et cetera, et cetera. But if, if but if you're the NFL, if you're an NFL fan, it's just gonna it's it's going to be. It was riveting this this playoff run, and it, it's it's set up to be riveting in the I future. Agree. I was, you know, I had the golf on first, and then I had Same Northwestern here. basketball. And by the way, <clears throat> Scheffler made a putt on 16 to save Huge. par. That wins the tournament and breaks the other kid's heart. The kid then misses the putt, the Canadian kid, Taylor, right? Yep. That was a good tournament. Yes. That's yes, all. Yes, for sure. And it also, you know, I, I have my – I shouldn't say I have my doubts about Scotty Scheffler because – but, but I, I, my whole view of him has been, you know, a similar conversation about Mahomes. Like one major doesn't automatically beget more majors. And, and I, I thought that winning the Masters last year in that – amazing run he had where he was winning every week pga tour events of, of his career should be seen in that prism that that it's a excellent excellent golfer playing the best golf at the right time and that putt on 16 Ooh. if it doesn't reshape my view of him it tweaks it a little like okay he's here he won this tournament last year this tournament now has a stacked field if you look at that um leaderboard um you know, there are people, so many people that are familiar, uh, just the casual golf fans. And he, he won it when he could have lost it. And I think that's an important part of any real star golfer's resume to, to if you don't have your best stuff, be able to come through with that shot at that totally moment agree. to win the tournament instead of giving it away. Totally agree. Some tournaments are won and some tournaments are lost. He won the tournament. He won it. He won it on, the, you know, he won it on that putt. Um, very quick, get you out on this. Which team is going to be sold first, the baseball team or the football team in Washington? Football team, a thousand percent. Sure. Um, okay. I mean, the the baseball team thing, the national sale is is on almost full pause. Good. Until we revisit the stupid mass initiative in, in issue in courts, and and I think that there is um, some urgency on the football side to make it a clean sale so that that a new owner can head into um, free agency draft, you know, coach about like just start the. the so you think it's quick. It's going to be quick. That is my guess, Tony. And I would just say that I've I've phrased this this way before. If I'm betting whether the Washington commanders are sold or not, I'm betting that they're going to be sold. My skepticism and, and cynicism around that team and that owner tells me don't believe any of it until the ink is dry right so you kind of live in like parallel worlds there but i do think you know um daniel snyder has listed his permanent residence in london like he's selling a 49 million dollar house here there, there's evidence beyond just hey we're exploring the, uh, you know angles for a sale it, it feels like it feels pretty real to me london i think he's probably going to go and try to apply for that vacant prince job that Harry left. Right. <laughs> Spare. Could you could try and do that. Thank you, Barry. Appreciate it, Tony. Barry's Verluga. Love to have him on. We'll take a break. We'll come back with email and jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser. 
You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Chip Robinson in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. I've waited patiently, but I believe I have the winner in the What My Dog Ate game. The dog ate four rows, about three to four feet long each, of siding off the house (laughs) and ate the Tyvek wrap under the siding. (laughs) Almost ate a house. Left the dog alone the other day. <laughs> Electric collar on. Didn't see you getting his way. Ain't the side him, and I can't imagine why. I can't believe that a silent didn't die. Can't be outdone by anyone. This has almost cut my hair. I've enjoyed by David all Crosby. the other dog stories, but Simon says, "Beat that." <laughs> and Joe writes, "Please welcome back Byron Cotter, Mr. Cotter, who's written jingles for us since 2013. That's 10 years if you're scoring at home. Still one of the best. Thanks to Chip Robinson in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina." And as Pooch Simon for the great dog email from last Monday's Comet Time episode. Joe Arrows. Just phenomenal. Great. How about Four the rows. bagel there? Got the bagel sandwiches today. Always Very excited happy. for that. Wait, happy. what? Yes. Oh. Yes. So just a credit card. You know, we can wow. probably take care of you there. This day is just taking a turn <laughs> for the better. Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You would as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in and you'll be thrilled. Before we get to the mailbag, let me say in honor of the Super Bowl winner going to Kansas City. Kansas City, here I come. Going to Kansas City. Kansas City, here I come. They got some crazy little women there. I'm going to get me one. That's Wilbur Harrison. It was covered by Paul McCartney. Yes. <laughs> Who has the famous line in the middle of the song where he goes, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> Thanks to our guests today, Michael Wilbon and Barry's Verluga. Thanks to our sponsors, ButcherBox, Simply Safe and Grammarly. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. Get the show through Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review. From Aaron in Milwaukee, uh, excerpt from one of the most celebrated magazine stories ever, Tony Kornheiser has a cold. Tony Kornheiser, this is going to be... Uh, a, parody of the great gay to story on Frank Sinatra, which starts, Frank Sinatra has, has a cold. Tony Kornheiser holding a pint of coffee ice cream in one hand and a disputed Capital One credit card bill in the other, <laughs> stood in the dark corner of the Safeway between Nigel and Michael, two attractive but fading young men, who sat there waiting for him to say something. But for once, he said nothing. Tony Kornheiser had a cold. Kornheiser with a cold is Chuck Todd without a French horn. Bootsy without the hammer, only worse. For a common cold, robs Kornheiser of that uninsurable jewel, his voice. A Kornheiser with a cold can in a small way, send vibrations through the entertainment industry and beyond, or at least from D.C. to Rehoboth, as surely as the President of the United States, suddenly sick, can shake the national economy. Look. Brilliant. That's so good. From Todd Sanzone in Bristow, Virginia. Of course, the day after the Super Bowl, we'll, we'll be spent talking about the game, the commercials, the halftime show, and the prop bets. The more ridiculous, the better. Can I take a minute of your time to say how great Booger McFarland is? I love him more each time he's on the pod or PTI. Intelligent, insightful game analysis always, but what's more, his approach to game prep, smartly ordering priorities, and just his philosophy on life in general should make him an ideal candidate for a coaching job somewhere. If not a head coach, D coordinator, D line coach, something. In the timeless words of a, words of a bald orange man, I listen to in my car every day. Am I wrong on this? Do we know if he has aspirations to coach in the league? Maybe not, but if he does, he should be hired today. I don't think he does. No. I mean, I don't it's know. a good gig. He's, I don't know. By the way, on so the prop great. bet front, got a, uh, the Gatorade was purple, which was plus a thousand. That's right. Was it purple? Purple. I How, believe was there a, a, Reginald the, had the, that. Um, well done, Reginald. The national anthem took hours. It, yeah, Chris Stapleton that went on for a while. Took hours. Yeah, and it was by a the slow way, version. Jeff Ma's big bet. <laughs> The over. over. He yeah. crushed it. Yes. Yep. He and crushed it. I got a text from Carville last night saying he crushed the over as well. Yeah. So they, they crushed the over. Blue but play special. Chuck Todd won. <laughs> yes. So Chuck Todd was not a 500. He finishes two over 500 yes. on the A year. remarkable year for the pickers. Yeah. Yeah. One of the best over. ever. Yeah. All finished over. From Raj, Rajesh Natarajan, I hope I pronounced that correctly, long-time listener, first email. Listening to your podcast on my walk down the dangerous burbs of Herndon was ecstatic. <laughs> Finally, Mr. Tony made a reference to my country of origin. Mr. Puna 
that's the Pune, was actually named after what was originally called Pune in India. It has since been renamed Pune, which was its original name. Pune, P-O-O-N-A, no H, was the anglicized version. It's a beautiful city, not too far from Bombay, now called Mumbai, for the same reasons above. Thank you for introducing the joys of American sport to my family and I, first through the post and then on TV. You're a priceless gem, and most of my days do have a dose of Mr. Tony to be complete. By the way, the palm is a heck of a lot more expensive than the $13 you spent at Burger King. <laughs> Hopefully Mr. Carville and his calendar uh, pay for dinner on Tuesday. No, I wouldn't worry about that. <laughs> <clears throat> so Pune, as I said, I was reading a book about India. Yes. And Pune was in it. It became um, Rup Sharma in Lebanon, Ohio. The only Indian city that I think I might be close to Pune is Pune, which is pronounced Pune. Can I be the official Indian pronunciation specialist of the show? Well, you're going to have to deal with Rajesh. Yeah, yeah. 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 Out. We, we read it. his first. Uh, from Gary Monday in Edgewater, Maryland. Primanti Brothers customer since approximately 1979. Primanti, not moan or mun. Primanti does not use buns. Never has, never will. Since 1933, a Primanti Brothers sandwich has been served on fresh, local Italian bread, sliced thick while you watch. And that's the kind of bread that goes into a Speedy. Oh, that's really? That's the kind of bread, sure. Oh, this is about beef on weck. It appears to be, my God, five pages long. Wow. Got to have some pictures. Uh, Full history. Rob Lowe, not that Rob Lowe, in mm. North Royalton, Ohio. On Wednesday, you had an email describing Primanti's as a hamburger place. Although Primanti's does have a chopped steak, i.e. hamburger sandwich, it is only one of the many sandwiches that are crafted at Primanti's. In addition to hamburger, you can get fried fish, fried eggs, fried chicken, a plethora of deli meats, and my personal favorite, kielbasa. All sandwiches come with a slice of tomato, who knows why, a vinegar slaw, and fries on the sandwich. The combination can only be described as magical. I also want to take a moment to let your fine listeners know that Pittsburgh is a place where you can die from high cholesterol better than any place on earth. <laughs> yes, we have Primanti's and Pittsburgh-style steaks, which is the only way to have a steak. But Pittsburgh is where the Big Mac and Egg McMuffin were invented. There is the Devonshire sandwich, which is a relatively healthy turkey sandwich that has been smothered in bacon and a molten cheese sauce to make it delicious and potentially deadly. There's also a lunch meat called chip ham, which may contain actual ham, but no one is actually sure. <laughs> Want a salad? Get a Pittsburgh style. What's that? Well, that is a salad topped with cheddar cheese and fries. Oh my Why God. add fries to a salad? Why wouldn't you add fries to a salad? <laughs> Come on, man. What are we doing here? Dessert? Well, the Klondike bar was invented in Pittsburgh. Ooh. Greeny cream ale? We have Iron City beer. Checkmate. And of course, it should be Jenny cream ale, by the way. Yeah. Yes. Jenny. Um, and of course, the greatest of all gas stations and gas station cuisine, Sheets, was founded less than two hours away in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Unfortunately, I've not been on with Chuck and Roxy, but as this is fourth or fifth email you've read from me, I'm guessing I'm on the short list for potential future guests. Let's be honest. The guest pool for that show is kind of small. Nigel, feel free to share my email with them. It's just so I had a, I had a sausage McMuffin with egg this weekend. Still great. as good as ever. It's great. Mm. Still as good as ever. Paul Delicious. and Sterling. Those sandwiches do sound good. They do sound yes. good. They sound like a full meal. They sound good. Promantis. From Paul in Sterling. Uh, this weekend is a really nice a really nice article was published by the BBC News on the 40th anniversary of the song Totally Clips of the Heart, written by your friend Jim Steinman. The article by Fraser Morris is titled Totally Clips of the Heart, the most epic song ever written. I would think we've talked about this before. When you are talking about the wall of sound, right, the grandeur, totally yeah. clips of the heart. Yep. Yes, and it's a great song, fabulous, right? You can fabulous. make fun of it if you want, but it's a great it's a song. great song. Here are a few of my favorite quotes from the article. The song was totally Clips of the Heart, released 40 years ago in February 1983. This gothic aria became an unprecedented international success that pushed the boundaries of melodrama and pop music. It topped the UK charts, unseating Michael Jackson's Billie Jean, was an even bigger hit in the US and soared to number one in several countries. The song is considered one of history's mo most iconic power ballads, um, often ranked highly in retrospective listings alongside such evergreens as Hearts Alone, Journeys Faithfully and Foreigners, I Want to Know What Love Is. It's easy to understand. The full-length album cut is seven minutes of unfettered bombast. It is ultimately the pairing of Steinman's epic writing with Tyler's ferocious delivery that continues to enthrall listeners. Rory Dodd, background singer on the song, tells BBC Culture it was a totally different concept of a song. It's a story. It's theater, and it worked. He was in theater. Yeah. That's where he met Meat. Right. I mean, that they were all wanted to do Joe Papp's summer theater in Central Park. That's what it was about. 
Um, I don't know who this is from. It doesn't say. Uh, anyway, when my wife and I took our four-legged friend, naming him became quite the conundrum. My wife was determined to find the perfect name and scoured the vast expanse of the internet for ideas. But with each suggestion, I shot it down faster than a musketeer on horseback. Even pickles didn't make the cut. I mean, seriously? <laughs> so when she finally threw up her hands and asked me what name I had in mind, I didn't hesitate. Having recently devoured the three musketeers, I proudly proclaimed D'Artagnan. But alas, we eventually settled on the more worldly name of Paris. However, after recent exposure to some top-notch podcast episodes, I'm now on a quest to change our pup's name to The Marquis. The Marquis. Because who wouldn't want to walk around with a dog that's royalty in both name and spirit? Okay, from Fred Chavez, or Chavez, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, Renee Brown's email on Friday reminded me of a clerk in our office in the 70s we called Regular Richard. He insisted different servings on his plate couldn't touch and had to be eaten in a certain order. To him, there was a regular kind of everything. For cars, Chevrolets were regular. Every other brand of car was irregular. Beef was regular. Other kinds of meat, irregular. Richard was a gambler. Carried a wallet in his back pocket, so full of cash, his back had to hurt. I asked him to stop making gambling calls during work hours. I'd often hear him on the phone betting a dime on this team or a nickel on that team. Seemed pretty tame to me until I learned the dime was $100 and the nickel was $50 in gambling. But you gotta, you gotta know that stuff. Yeah. You know, it's when you say eight large, it's even bigger than that. Thanks again for so many years of entertainment. For me, back to your WAPO writing in the 80s. You may recall George Solomon taught my son Jack at UB, University of Maryland. Jack visited you once on the PTI set. I cherish the picture. He's writing regularly for the Ocean City Times and hoping to take his Orioles expertise to the Baltimore Sun, if only. Elliot Oshansky. Oh, is it going to be a Dartmouth reference? <laughs> yeah. I'm just guessing. Do you think there's a Dartmouth reference? I'm going to guess yes. As a geriatric millennial who best knows Burt Backrack, can I just say this about Burt Backrack? I was so thrilled to see two stories in the Washington Post yeah. mounting a, an elegant defense against whatever internet nonsense is out there one of which was written by, hello, Carol King. By Carol King. The yeah. Carol King? Wow. That's right. Wow. That's right. Yeah. That Carol King. <laughs> wow. It starts off, if I'm not mistaken, it starts off where she's sitting in a car with her then-husband, Jerry Goffin. And Goffin and King have written 20 of the greatest songs of all time. Yeah. And she says, they start playing anyone who had a heart. And they stop the car and they go, what was that? <laughs> right? Yeah. If Carol King says that about a Burt Backrack, come on. Yeah. As a geriatric millennial who best knows Burt Backrack from his appearances in the first two Austin Powers movies, your discussion of his career on Friday's show was very interesting and enlightening. It also reminded me of another, you might be a little line. If your first thought upon hearing about a celebrity death is to wonder if the obituary will appear on page one of the Washington mm-hmm. Post, you might be a little. <laughs> Best regards from Suffolk County, where I sent my first email to be read on the show on January 25th, 2015, asking for Reginald's pick on the Puppy Bowl. Glad he finally got around to it. And I believe Reginald got that pick as well. Mark Graff, Hill Air Force Base in Utah. The show may stink, but it put some money in my pocket recently by using SeatGeek. I use the code, people, and have TK to thank for taking $20 off my first purchase to take the kids, a nine-year-old masculine child and a six-year-old non-masculine child, to see the Harlem Globetrotters for the very first time. Recently, the kids have shown an infectious love, shooting hoops, so it's a happy coincidence the Globetrotters are coming to nearby Salt Lake City this month. Recently, as the TK show was playing on my speakerphone, my son asked about people who were yelling on my phone. I said, that's (laughs) Uncle Tony and Nigel. The look on his face was one of disgust and bewilderment. Then as children do, he abruptly switched topics and said, Dad, I just realized I forgot to wear underwear to school today. Anyhow, been there. Thanks for all the laughs and becoming part of the conversational fabric of my little life. Oh, and tell Jonathan Lauren in North Carolina to eat it. Um, Michael Binkley, dear Dr. Hoffwaff, there are two things that's kept me from bathing in money on Carville's picks. One, understanding anything he yep. says. Yeah. Definitely an there issue. There is a barrier. There's Two, a hurdle. Finding yeah. a sports book that will let me bet on a line I claim to have seen somewhere <laughs> at some point. I saw it at that's ten and a half. It. That's the list. Um <laughs> From Malcolm Wilson, <laughs> Binghamton opportunity. They bring two ranked wrestlers to the pavilion at Comcast to square off against Maryland Friday. It's Friday coming up. Yeah. Friday um, 17th, University of Maryland at College Park. Oh, I didn't know Binghamton had that. That's get great. the motorcade ready. Jim Bunnell, or Bunnell, I think Bunnell probably, in Salt Lake City. Around the World in 80 Days, starring David Niven, Shirley MacLaine, Frank Sinatra, Peter Laurie, and Marlena Dietrich. And the only cast member you mentioned is Cantin Floss. 
<laughs> You're such a name dropper. <laughs> yeah, well, he was important to the movie. That's, too, that's right? what I said about, yeah, that the shooting down the first yeah, balloon. Yeah, the balloon. <clears throat> Kenny Smith, not that Kenny Smith, from Front Royal, Virginia, and currently in Kuala Lumpur Ooh. in oh, Malaysia, sure. which is where Kalila is. Oh, that's right. Kalila lives. Yes. Been okay. a loyal little for decades during my military and professional career. I've listened to you and the gang on at least three continents and countless countries. Well, you have emails from some interesting places. I don't know if you've ever had one from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. No, but we get phone calls all the time yes, from Kalila. We have people. During my stay here, I can't say I've had any DA moments and that my lachiserie call-outs are met with strange, inquisitive looks. That said, the people here are some of the kindest and warmest I've ever met. It's been a joy getting to know them and immersed in their culture. Just want to say hello from the other side of the world, and thank you for giving me some laughs and taste of home during my travels. That's it's nice. always nice. That's very nice. Tim Cree. Um, we always like Tim Cree. Yes. From Fort Collins, Colorado. has been emailing for hundred years. The only rule I have for food not touching... The foods can touch if they are solids. No liquids can touch. Mm. Beets won't eat them. Why? Because that juice runs all over and stains so everything. True. Like a pink shirt with your white socks in the wash. <laughs> Try the golden Gravy? <laughs> gravy can touch the meat and mashed potatoes, and that's it. Make a potato barricade to keep the gravy where it belongs and prevent contamination. Don't want my salad to get beets and gravy on it? No, I'm not a madman. Well, I am, but not because of that. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. Oh, Teddy, did you get my friend request? Yeah. Oh, I'll have to check. <laughs> Expired. <laughs> Expired. Traveler, traveler, come stay a while. After all those weary miles. Traveler, traveler, come find some rest. For the road is long and the world unkind For the road is long and the world unkind Traveler, oh traveler, come back again For the door is always open wide Traveler, oh traveler, when journeys end Won't you find your way back here again? Won't you find your way back here again? Cause I don't know where you're going anymore what you'll see along the way Whether near or far You'll always have a place to stay In a foreign land, in a foreign land You've made a home It's the first time you've known your own Well, it takes a while, it takes a while To find your way To find your rest for another day Dressed for another day. The time will pass and the days may seem the same. But when you look back, you'll see everything's changed. It's all been rearranged. The leaves may fall and my hairs may turn to gray. The storms may rage and the world may set. But aren't we all just clay in the maker's hand?
ever find Cause the weeds were always growing up Through all the cracks in the grind But in my heart was yearning I made a settled line To let my roots here Thank you. 